Back in the 1980s, the population of ring-billed gulls all through the Great Lakes exploded. Here in Duluth, tourists and some locals found the gulls at McDonald's charming, especially on London Road, where the gulls seemed to fit in beautifully with the lake so visible from the outdoor seating area. Some picnickers fed the gulls at Brighton Beach and the Park Point Recreation Area, too, and suddenly they were approaching not just the picnickers who wanted to share their lunches, but anyone who dared to be eating food on a blanket or picnic table. The Duluth News Tribune, and I'm sure plenty of other newspapers, made a lot of references to Alfred Hitchcock. It wasn't feeding the gulls that caused the original population explosion. That happened as gulls learned to exploit landfills and dumpsters and also to exploit the early mowing practices of farmers who provided a great many mangled eggs and baby birds for the gulls to devour. But people handing food to mooching gulls did change their behaviors, encouraging them to check out places where people dine or drop food. Birds have always exploited our outdoor dining habits. I grew up in a Chicago suburb that had one of the first McDonald's restaurants. I could count on house sparrows approaching me, and of course I shared my french fries with them. When our family went to Hawaii in 2000, every time we ate in an outdoor restaurant, adorable zebra doves would walk underfoot. My son works at Disney World, so we go there a lot. Every outdoor dining spot has white ibises, house sparrows, and often great egrets mooching for food. Now, with outdoor dining taking a big hit during the pandemic, there have been some unexpected consequences. On Aruba, so many tourists have been feeding carob grackles for so long that their population is terribly inflated. This year, with no tourists, the grackles moved inland to find other sources of food. They've been aggressively competing with smaller birds that don't usually have to deal with the mostly coastal grackles. This weekend, an Aruba Birdwatching and Nature Tours Facebook page had the distressing report that some birders had witnessed a small group of grackles attack and kill an eared dove in a gruesome way. Meanwhile, more people have started backyard feeding because of the pandemic. Most of the birds we welcome at northern feeders in winter, woodpeckers, chickadees, and nuthatches, don't have particularly variable populations. Studies have shown that chickadee survival in exceptionally cold winters is higher near bird feeders, but there is absolutely no evidence that these species are growing too numerous thanks to bird feeding. Finches may visit our feeders in huge flocks during winter or migration, but again, 
there's no evidence that our subsidies are causing problems for them except when they get killed at our windows or when we don't keep the seeds in our feeders fresh and the ground clean beneath them. Moldy seeds can produce nasty disease organisms. Those species stay in large flocks whether or not they're at our feeders, but the feeders do concentrate them closer together and sometimes hold them in one spot for longer than they'd stay in more natural places, speeding up disease transmission. Whenever we spot a sick bird at our feeders, it's a good idea to close down the feeding station for at least a week or so and to clean all the feeders and rake beneath them. But in many places, feeders subsidize house sparrows, starlings, grackles, and other birds that can cause real problems for other birds. It's important to limit subsidies to the birds that cause serious problems. My website has a large section devoted to ways we can help birds, and quite a few of those ways involve the best practices for bird feeding. To learn more, check out www.lauraerickson.com and click on Ways to Help. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds. <laughs>